Hello everybody and welcome back to the Glory Glory Man United podcast. I'm your host as always, Kyle Quinn. And joining me today on Deadline Day for the first time is Stu, who's one of the hosts of the Devil's Advocate podcast. How's it going, Stu? Yeah, good. Yeah, I've had a, a good day today. Uh, I've enjoyed uh, watching some of the deadline action go on. I haven't been able to catch up with everything, but uh, from what I've seen so far, it's been quite an interesting day. I would imagine uh, Paulina will be crying in his Bavarian beer uh, tonight as he's travelling back. Um, unless somebody puts an 11th hour bid for him, because clearly now teams know that they can get him. Um, unless it, uh, as far as I'm aware, the deal's off, isn't it, with uh, Polinia to Bayern Munich, from what I'm hearing. So, uh, very interesting. So, um, you know, if we have 50, 60 million quid shoved away, I, I think stuff, fair, uh, financial fair play, go and get him. What a deal he would be. But uh, no, it's been interesting. Some interesting moves. Um, I think uh, Forrest have been very, very active today, haven't they? Callum Hudson, Adoy, and a couple of other players. I think they brought a goalkeeper in. Um, Tottenham have been relatively active. They're still hoping to get Conor Gallagher over the line, aren't they, tonight from Chelsea? Uh, Chelsea have run out of money, maybe, or have realised that they can't keep spending the way they're spending. And we've, you know, we've added um, a lot of our fans won't like it. Uh, they'll be extremely underwhelmed by the uh, 12 month contract for Johnny Evans, the Region deal. They'll be happy with Amrabat, of course. Although there'll be mumberings and uh, murmurs that we didn't get him across the line three months ago, like perhaps we should have. Uh, and so um, it's going to be interesting to see how it all pans out between now and uh, probably one o'clock, because uh, I think if deal sheets go in between the hours of nine and 11, uh, that then gives you time to negotiate. So will there be any surprises? I don't see it from our side at all. Uh, but will there be any surprises? Will Mo Salah? Uh, you know, get his wish and go to Saudi Arabia for that ridiculous amount of money. Um, be interesting to see. Interesting few hours to go, I have to say. And of course, don't forget, there's a Premier League match tonight, isn't it? Luton play West Ham uh, at Kenilworth Road. I think first time uh, the Premier League for a well, first time in the Premier League ever. So uh, that will be interesting. But all in all, yeah, good day, good day. Yeah, my head have certainly been very active already. Three players over the line, um, and hopefully the most important one to come next. Um, but you, you'd expect United to. I mean, the the fee was agreed with uh, Fiorentina around lunchtime, so you think I would give United plenty of time. They could even do the medical out there in Florence if they want to. Um, yes, I know. Yeah. I know United's chief negotiator has been out there since last night, Um so I. I I, don't, I think this will beat the clock. Uh, I would like to think so anyway, because could you imagine the, the uproar if they didn't get this across the line that time? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, yes. Yeah, no, 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 he'll beat the clock. That'll be, that'll be absolutely fine. I would love a surprise signing, surprise loan uh, of a striker. Can't see that happening. Uh, Rumours are that uh, Rasmus Hoyland is in line to start, if not start, at least feature. Uh, on Sunday, which will be good. It, by all accounts, they got Reggion across the line before midday today, which is good. Registered so he can play Sunday. Johnny Evans, they got across the line before midday. And the Turkish goalkeeper um, has been training this morning as well, hasn't he? So apparently they're all, uh, they were across the line before midday. Amrabat, obviously. Um, actually, we don't know too much about him uh, at the minute in terms of his fitness, do we? I, I, I don't think he's played for Fiorentina uh, 
so far this season, has he? He's been training alone, so where his fitness levels are, it could be maybe an integration period of two to three weeks for Amrabat. But um, when he finally when he finally signs those papers. Yeah, his last game for Fiorentina, I think, was the Europa Conference League final. Oh, back, in, <laughs> back, in, back in June, where they lost gnarly to, to West Ham. But I think he performed very well in that game, as he quite often does. I mean, everybody has seen that footage of him um, chasing after Mbappe and winning the ball yeah. off him. I mean, yeah. if, he, if he can match Mbappe for pace and take the ball off him, well, he's certainly not going to find playing in the Premier League weekend week out very difficult because... Arguably, Mbappe is the best player on the planet. So, if he can match him, then he's a match for anyone, really, isn't he? No, I totally agree. I mean, the funny part for me was um, when he started accelerating, he pops his head back, which was hilarious. It was that was quite funny that one. But uh, it, the uh, the interesting thing about that is his stride. He's not. I mean, he is a very very quick player when he wants to be, but that's not his game. His game's all about stride and getting across the pitch as economical as efficiently as possible. That particular run that everybody keeps showing, uh, he had to put the afterburners on, otherwise Mbappe would have left him for dead. What was more interesting about that than anything was his ability to pop the tackle and win the ball. That was the key area because a lot of players, uh, once they've done that 50, 60-yard sprint and you're chasing an express train like Mbappe, it's just about getting the tackle in. That's your first and foremost thought. To actually get the tackle, identify the ball of bobbled and you can come, you can come away with it was great. Knock it off, uh, you know, uh, to a teammate and get your breather in. And that's what he did. So, yeah, he was phenomenal uh, in the World Cup. I thought he did really, really well in the Europa Conference League. I thought, he, again, he was efficient, good with his passing, very, very tidy footballer. Uh, but more importantly, he'll offer this foil for Casemiro, and he will give the you know Casemiro um, more kind of comfort and calmness when we play. However, I was at the game on Saturday, and uh, I thought Eriksson was absolutely outstanding. His control of the game against Forest when we got into it was phenomenal. So missing Eriksson uh, was a problem for us. Um, we were on the show actually um, on Devil's Advocate podcast. And I made a point that Mason Mount. Should not be playing against Wolves, if you remember. Uh, I hosted that show, and uh, for me, it was Ericsson that should come in. Um, and we were proven right because, uh, you know, Casemiro and uh, Bruno don't know what to do with Eric, with uh, Mount, don't understand his play, you know. And it's, you know, maybe we take them out the firing line. Maybe he's not as injured as, as they're making out, and we've taken them out the firing line. So I think the Amber Matt deal... It is crucial. I, I, look, I think Region is a smart piece of business. Uh, I've seen it all over Twitter today, people going in on the Region deal. Um, a couple of larger channels um, having a bit of a pop, uh, saying that if we can't put a deal to Cucurella, we'll, we'll just go for Region. Uh, again, fans will remember uh, that we wanted him two seasons ago when he was at Real Madrid, and he didn't have a bad... Uh, run out for Spurs last season. He just doesn't fit into what Postacoglu wants to do. They're playing Porro, uh, aren't they, uh, in Reguilón's position? And Porro's, you know, a, a good a good player. He, he, you know, he caused us problems when we played Spurs. So, um, yeah, uh, in, interesting. Uh, the Turkish goalkeeper's twenty six. Looks decent. What is he? Six foot four, something like that. And uh, of course, welcome back, Johnny Evans. Um, 
And you can criticise the signing of Johnny Evans. Uh, fans can all they like, but you can't be experienced. And well, clearly, Maguire is fourth choice, maybe even fifth choice. Nobody seems to know what's happening with Maguire at the minute. But with Varane being out, Luke Shaw being out, and Malasia being out, we needed defensive reinforcements, and and that's happened. So quite pleased, really, quite pleased. Yeah, Pedro Paro mainly plays on the right. I think there's a guy called Destiny or something that plays on oh, that's the it. Yeah, the, yeah, that new lad, yeah, they, they brought in. But I think Poro can play left uh, as well. But I do, I, ideally, Reguilón wasn't going to play in, um, uh, you know, in Postacoglu's system. And I think we benefited from it. You know, people have got to remember we've got an experienced player and we've got a Premier League proven player. I know people will say is a better a better option for us of what he did at Hatafe, what he did at Brighton. He didn't have no great uh, time of it at Chelsea. Um, so I don't know. We're, we're talk, you know, proofs in the pudding. It'll be interesting to see if they throw him in on Sunday and if he can actually tame Saka. Um, well, well, we'll talk about that game at the end of the show, but mm. uh, that's going to be a hell of a tall order, especially for someone who's mm. not not known not known for his defensive abilities. He's more known for his attacking side right. of the game. Um, yeah, Tottenham, even in the Carabao Cup, um, they selected Ben Davis at, at left back. So right. that, he, he didn't even feature at all in the squad in the Carabao Cup. So he's very much their choice there. Um, so Tottenham are quite happy to let him go without even a loan fee, um, not featuring in the manager's plans at all. Um, so we'll talk about each new signing today uh, more in depth uh, and we'll start off with Reguilón yeah I've seen obviously see, seen him play for Sevilla against us Spurs against us and you know lots of other games that didn't involve United and um, mm. didn't really see much of him at Athletic last season I think he only played 12 times um, 12 times yeah yeah but when I've seen him um, what stands out for me is that he's a very good crosser of the ball loves to get in behind and uh, he can cross the ball with both feet as well um, so he can't even if you try to show him onto his right foot he can still cross the ball like Ashley Young into the middle um, but I do I do recall uh, specifically if you remember the, the the game against Spurs at Old Trafford where Ronaldo got the hat-trick Harry Maguire scored an own goal it was Reguillon who assisted the own goal uh, from Harry Maguire who was a that's right. It was a very good cross. Um, he also played in, I'm uh, sorry for bringing this up, everybody, but Reguillon also started at left back in the game where Spurs won 6 1 at Old Trafford uh, uh, three years ago. And that was a horror show, wasn't it, when Marcelo yeah. was sent off? Um, yeah, so Hanny played for Sevilla when they, when they um, beat us in the Europa League semi final. So he's got pedigree of um, beating United. Now, hopefully, he can. Uh, hmm stay on the winning side when he's wearing the red shirt so but what a, what managers he doesn't seem to stick around anywhere for very long and maybe i've noticed that he's not a particularly great one-on-one defender and um, maybe that's what uh, puts managers off Um he's great at one at the, at the top end of the pitch but not so great at doing the, the basics when it comes to defending Um so how do you feel about this thing are you I'm excited about what he can bring in the attacking third, but I'm a bit concerned about what he'll do in the defensive third. Yeah, it's a good point you raise. I, I, I must admit, I uh, prefer a fullback to defend first and foremost and attack secondary. 
Uh, but the modern day game uh, doesn't allow that anymore, does it? The modern day game is it's all about attacking. What can you do in the final third of the pitch? Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's, and, 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 and the point about him is his positional sense on occasions is not great. And you're absolutely right. He's not great on one-on-one defending. And, and that tends to be his body position. Um, you know, if he's playing against a predominantly right-footed player, you, you want to try as much as you can to bring him onto his left foot if he's got a weaker uh, left foot. Saka, unfortunately for us, isn't bad on both. He's not great, but he's not bad on both. Uh, and he can attack um, uh, from both sides. But ideally, as a fullback, you want to push your, play, uh, your uh, opponent as far down to the byline as you possibly can and cut the crossing distance out if you can. And he's not great at that. That's that's 100%. However, if we are playing somebody like Rasmus Hoyland, then quite frankly, with Anthony and with... Um, um, uh, Rashford on the pitch on the, on our wider areas. Rasmus Hoyland will not be getting the type of service that he thrives on. Okay, he's very good as we all know at, at holding the ball up uh, back 25, 30 yards out, then running into the box. But he's going to need service. Region will offer service because he's 100%. His crossing ability from deep and also from the byline is superb. He's very very accurate. Uh, he's got either pace or he's got a, a technical ability to get the ball exactly where a striker needs it. So I think he will add quite a bit from that point of view. His communication will be absolutely key with Rashford, i.e. bringing Rashford back. One of the issues we had uh, against um, Forrest uh, was what both Anthony and Rashford were really elevated high up the pitch. So um, in particular, Dallow was often left exposed. Uh, having said that, though, Dallo kind of exposed himself on three or four occasions by drifting into this supposed inverted fullback that um, everybody wants to play at the moment. So, look, for me, for Region, if I was Region, my concentration uh, for the first 20, 25 minutes, if I do start on Sunday, will be defending, making sure that I'm in line with Martinez. And I'm, I'm presuming it's going to be Lindelof. I know we'll talk about this later, but I'm guessing Lindelof. And making sure that um, you know I'm aware of my zones and at my quarter that I need to be as and when we're out of possession. Uh, when we're in possession, again, communication with Rashford, just making sure that I've got enough time and space and energy to make it back. What you didn't mention was his energy. He is an exceptionally energetic player. Uh, more energetic and more comfortable on the football than Dallow, in my opinion. Uh, but like Dallow offers us weaknesses at the back. So it's going to be a juggle. It's going to be a difficult one. I would expect to see Martinez cover gaps that Reggion has left. Uh, but I do hope uh, that uh, um, Ten Hag is speaking to Rashford about his responsibilities when we're at possession. So, but no, I, I, I take your point. I think, you know, he's a, bit, he's a bit dodgy. But is he, you know, when you look at it, Kyle, would you prefer a quantified left-back or a Diogo Dallo there? That's the question I would ask myself from a balanced perspective. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and there's a nice balance with Aaron Wambasaka being a very solid defensive right-back. Um, it almost allows you to have like a an offensive left-back. Um, yes. And I, 
um, we'll talk about Amrabat just now, but w- when you have Amrabat and Casemiro playing together, as we will probably in most of our big games, um, yeah, maybe not on Sunday because Amrabat, I don't think he'll be available for that game. He, I, I don't think he plays. I don't, I don't think he plays. No. Yeah, he won't be registered on time anyway. Um, it had to be midday today, and it's obviously not done yet. Um, but with those two, um. Anchorman in midfield, Casemiro and Amrabat, and you have Juan Basaka right back, and obviously um, Martinez with with Vindelof at the moment. So it would give license to Region to get forward. So if he's caught out of position, you know, like Amrabat will be able to come across, or Martinez, like you say. Um, so from that point of view, it's 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 really exciting that um, he's got license to get forward, and there'll be their players there to cover for him. I do think, yeah, you're right that I can see Rasmus Hoyland getting goals from Region crosses. Uh, me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I, 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 I've got to be honest. I think that's what uh, was in the thinking of um, Ten Hag, because when you look at Cucurella, I don't recall him being a hugely active crosser of the football. I could be wrong. I haven't seen a huge amount of him, but I don't recall his abilities of crossing. He's quite a good defender, isn't he, Cucurella? And he's quite good at advancing, but uh, I don't necessarily see him as a good, accurate crosser of a football. Uh, anyone can correct me on that one, but I don't I don't see that. So I think Reguilón's a better fit for us. Yeah. Um, the more I talk about it, the more excited I'm getting about it. <laughs> it's one yeah. Of um, it is one yeah. of those. It is exactly that. Carl, again, you've hit the nail on the head there, mate. That's exactly right. When you look at it from face value, it is deflating, isn't it? Oh, Tottenham cast off, blah, 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 blah. When you actually talk about football and footballing abilities, it becomes a different conversation. Yeah, 100%. Um, so Amrabat um, is close to being done. Um, he hasn't played with Fiorentina since the Conference League final. He was amazing in that game. Was had an, an extraordinary World Cup where Morocco got to the semi-finals. Um, he, he stood out by a mile in that he I've watched most of Morocco's games, um, especially the, the semi final against France and he was I was thinking, who is that guy? We should sign that guy. And now we are going to sign him. Um and we needed a defensive midfielder not only to cover for Casemiro when he gets suspended um or injured um but also to play alongside him in games where we need like away from home against Arsenal, Liverpool, City Tottenham, Chelsea, Barcelona, whoever, we need to have, we need to be more solid in midfield. We've seen how easy it has been to, you know, get through our midfield with Mount, Bruno, and Casemiro being the three because Mount, Mount and, and Bruno are pushing up, and once the press is beaten, then there's big big gaps to exploit for the opposition. But if you've got Amrabat playing alongside Casemiro, it's going to be a lot harder to to get through our midfield. So that's just, that's what's really really exciting me about the signing, and uh, he could be the, the missing piece of the jigsaw in addition to uh, Rasmus Holland up front. So I think Amrabat and Holland could be uh, key to us being successful this season. Yeah, it's an interesting point you make. Um, I think you're right. Uh, look, um, I, I, I judge our. Uh, acquisition of players on a variety of different things. And the interesting thing about uh, good old Sofri and Amrabat is nobody was talking about him pre-World Cup. Okay, nobody. He wasn't on Manchester United's radar that we know about, and he wasn't on any of the fans' radar that we know about. There might be the one or two murmurs about, well, we should go for Amrabat. 
Uh, a lot of people will claim that uh, oh, I spoke about Amrabat two years ago, etc., etc., etc. We have this uh, with certain signings. We have it with um, Frankie De Jong. Nobody was talking about Frankie De Jong eighteen months ago. I defy anyone to tell me they were because I didn't hear it. Um, and and that happens. And we were clamouring for Frankie De Jong, weren't they? The fan base. Oh, we must have Frankie De Jong. He'll be the difference. Um, but Amrabat actually will make a difference, and it'll make a difference because uh, of yardage. Now, you made a, um, a point about pressing. There's two types of presses, three types of presses, really, but the two major types of presses are in-your-face pressing, which uh, a lot of our fans only think is the only type of pressing. The other type of pressing is zonal pressing. And zonal pressing is understanding uh, where you are positionally and where you can get to quickly. OK, so, you know, if you're 10 yards off a player, can you get to those 10 yards and close him down before, he, you know, he, he moves into a position of danger? Amrabat does that really well. If you watch him, he'll 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 go in for the tackle. He loves a 50-50, but he's also very, very smart and educated in the way that he plays the game. So one of the things that Mount's uh, issue for Mount was... Uh, that, and you're quite right to point it out, he was too far advanced of Casemiro. So there's about a 20-yard, maybe even a 25-yard gap between Casemiro and Mount at, at some points. Where, when you, if, you lock, if you watch the game on Saturday, you'll see that Ericsson and Casemiro were a lot closer together, maybe about 10, 12 yards apart at all, or, you know, on every occasion. So Casemiro had Ericsson to play the ball to, and that gave Bruno the more freer role. So... Mason Mount was always going to be a, a kind of long-term project, a January onwards product uh, project. That's where you'll see Mount really coming to his, his own. And the other reason for that is we will have a greater understanding of what Mason Mount can bring to the team. Whereas Amrabat is more of an instant fix for us. And, and Ericsson will know this. Ericsson will get this. I mean, you know, Hoiberg would have been okay for us as well, by the way. You know, Hoiberg isn't this kind of dumb footballer that a lot of our fan base would have you believe. He made, and you'll know this because he made Spurs tick big time when they turned us over 6-1. He was very much a linchpin and he has been a linchpin for Tottenham. He just doesn't fit into the way that Poster Cogley wants to play. But what you'll see is uh, a very much a Brighton situation with McAllister and uh Casado, they almost uh, manoeuvred in a fish type um, kind of formation, but they're always about 10 or 15 yards away. Here's the key for Casemiro. If Casemiro um, uh, kind of moves himself up the pitch, Amrabat can slot into him quite nicely. If Reguillon uh, decides he wants to go on a run, Amrabat can slot into that nicely. So it allows uh, Casemiro to do his normal two, three yard shuffle. And if you watch Casemiro, he stays pretty much centrally as much as possible throughout the game. And if he gets the ball and he releases the ball, he'll just jog two to three to four yards and he'll stop and he'll just make a decision. Uh, he'll watch whether the transition has happened. And if the transition has happened, he's perfectly positioned to go left or right to um, intercept any kind of passing. If we maintain possession, he'll, he'll jog another three, four, five yards. And he'll keep doing that until he feels that he can either influence the attack or he needs to get back. With Amrabat alongside him, certainly away at Anfield, certainly away at City, certainly away at Arsenal, 
Tottenham because Tottenham at the minute are playing a great brand of football. Brighton, you know, people that are playing a great brand of football at the moment. Villa, that solidity that Amrabat will offer, will, you'll see a much better Casemiro, 100%. And I think you're, if you'll probably agree with me, you saw a much better Casemiro on Saturday when Ericsson was alongside him because he knew what was going to happen. And that's what Amrabat will bring. I don't think he'll bring us goals. He might get the other one or two. Uh, but um, you won't escape him, uh, and, and that's what we need. We need that type of player. That Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri, Rodri's brilliant, isn't he? Just breaking up the play and getting rid of the football. Amrabat will kind of counteract that with a Rodri or with a, a deep holding player at Liverpool. Because I'm confused on who Liverpool have got in their centre midfield at the moment. I'm really confused about that. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching Amrabat play. So the sooner he signs, the uh, 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 the better. Oh, he's completed his medical according to information. Oh, he does. Um, yeah, he's yeah. going to bring so much balance um, to the team um, in terms of allowing Region uh, to get forward. He can, he can fill in if we lose possession. And also, not only will... Um, him and Casemiro provide a real solid base for us in midfield, but it would also make give license to, like you've, you've, you've alluded to the fact that Amrabat doesn't really bring much to the table in terms of you know uh, attacking play, but yeah. Ca- Casemiro very much has that in his locker. So Correct. Amrabat would allow Casemiro to get forward more, which is also make me very excited just thinking about it, because <laughs> we know that Casemiro can score from distance. He can get in the box and score headers. So, yeah, yeah we might see a more offensive Casemiro with Amrabat on the team too, won't we? Yeah, I mean, uh, Casemiro could move into the eight. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, Casemiro's had uh, the crooner, Tony Cruz, uh, alongside him and, and Luka Modric, two of the best exponents of midfield attacking play you'll get you know crooner just honestly waltzes around the pitch uh, and modric has got the eye for a, a goal and a, and a ball and casemiro's got that about him you know when you play with these types of players the influence they can have on you is huge um but casemiro has a job at, at manchester united in a minute and he fulfills that absolutely terrifically um and i think you know there's nothing to stop at some point um, you know, us playing two up top and bringing Amrabat, Eriksson, Casemiro and Bruno uh, as a midfield kind of diamond forward. There's nothing to stop us doing that. We've got that ability to be able to do it. But if, um, and, and then you'll have Rasmus and um, uh, Rashford, I would, I would suggest, as your front two, you know, which could be massively dangerous. Yeah. But he won't drop Anthony though, will he say? <laughs> you know, no, no. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Because um, another point I was going to make is that not only would um, Regulon's crosses provide opportunities for Hoyland to score, but Palestri's crossing would also give him a big chance to score from crosses as well. But um, and that, I suppose that's worth mentioning now that the, the manager has indicated that uh, Palestri is, will, will not only stay at the club, but he's going to get more opportunities, which I really hope that he does. Yeah. Um, if he's going to be Anthony's backup, he should be exactly that. He shouldn't be, you know, a player who makes, he gets five minutes here and 10 minutes there. If he's going to be Anthony's backup, he needs to start. And like, there's going to be a lot, of, from September onwards, there's going to be two games a week. Now, exactly. should, be, should be getting a lot of game time, in my opinion. He, he should be starting certain Champions League games at home. 
you can start those League Cup matches, you start those in, in the old Premier League game as well. So, yeah, really and, want to see and, and early, early rounds of the FA Cup as well. I totally agree with you. Uh, Hannibal Medjury, uh, I think Kobe Mino is going to be uh, looking like he's going to be back in the next few weeks. Uh, Ganacho needs to um, stop believing his own press uh, and start going back to what he was doing back end of last season. Um, you know, he's had a, a bit of a rude awakening as Ganacho now. He, I think he's realised, oh, fuck, I've got to get back to what I was doing. I've got to start working hard again. So I think that'll be interesting. Um, you, you, look, uh, Palestri for me, um, believe it or not, would be an ideal 10. Uh, people disagree with me on it, but if you look at his stature, his low centre of gravity, the way that he holds the ball very, very tight to his feet, his dribbling ability is strong, his squat, uh, it'd be a fantastic 10 in years to come for us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so um, it suddenly looks like we have options. You know, for m- most of the last 10 years, we're like, oh, we can't afford for this that player to get injured because we're in trouble because our bench is rubbish. Now, with these signings today, especially with Amrabat, it looks like we've got so many options in midfield now. Um We've got we've obviously got options at left back once everybody's fit, um, and you know with four positions we've got well, probably two players in each of those positions as well. We're, we're well stocked now because there's a couple of things for um, uh, for Ten Hag to look at, uh, depending on what happens with uh, good old Raphael Varane. Uh, Varane's been you know pretty solid this, uh, the first couple of games. Not been brilliant, but it's been pretty solid. Martinez is kind of getting himself back into his his old self. It is Luke Shaw. You know, Luke Shaw can play left back or he can play left centre half, as we've seen. So, uh, you know, I would keep Reggie on past January and uh, move Luke Shaw into one of the centre half positions. Really, you know, that's that's something I would do. Um, uh, up, up top, we are blessed, uh, and so certain players, uh, Sancho for one, Garnacho for another. Uh, I've got to look and, and say, right, what am I going to do to make sure that I'm playing week in, week out? You know, what am I going to do? Because the responsibility is on the player, by the way. The same for Maguire, the same for Martial. Martial was okay Saturday. Got 60 minutes under his belt and he did okay. He wasn't great. His sharpness is gone. It really has. His sharpness is, is, is it just isn't there. But you expect that when you've been injured for eight months which I think is it, but is it eight months? Something like that. He's been injured for a long time, hasn't he? Which player is this? Martial. Martial. Um, yeah, he spends eight months every year injured, yeah. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, you are going to struggle. He may well play Saturday, uh, Sunday, and I, you know, and he may well bring Hoyland off the bench. Um, although he has come out and said that Hoyland's ready to start, hasn't he? So, read into that what you will. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I didn't even know Hoyland had got a squad number. Uh, everybody was telling me uh, the other day it was 17, but I didn't think that was ever confirmed. And uh, so supposedly Ganacho is wearing 17, isn't he? So yes. I don't. Yeah, so I, I don't know whether he's got a squad number or not. Martial won't want to give up the number nine, will, you know, will he? So uh, anyway, um, I can see the importance of a number, by the way, because um, I kick up a fuss if I don't wear number eight. Um, I'm like a petulant child. If, uh, if I don't have eight at the beginning of the season, if, when the squad's read out, so uh, yeah, Garnacho appeared to confirm on social media that he's going to be wearing 17. No, actually, I think it was Garnacho's brother or someone like mm. that. Someone mm. with the surname Garnacho, anyway, was uh, showing photos of him and his kids in a 
a 17 shirt uh, for Nacho yeah, so it's very bizarre and weird that uh, Hoyland still doesn't have an official squad number. Probably United will confirm that tomorrow once the window shuts. Yeah, I, I, I would gather that. Yeah, I, I think that's what they've done because, you know, certain players might want particular numbers as an example. So, yeah, I would I would agree with you on that one. I have a feeling he's going to be number 11. Um, maybe they're waiting for Greenwood to, to leave in, in this today. Yeah, but I don't think that, he goes, does he? I don't think he goes anywhere, Greenwood. I don't think anyone. I don't think there's any takers for him. Um, you know, our best no, no, it's not looking good for him. Uh, although the Saudi Arabian window will be open until the seventh, so that's right. Up, yeah, there's an so opportunity there. to do a deal, or I, I think um, I don't know if the Qatari window's open until then. I don't know, but they've got to do something with him for him. You know, for his own mental health, he needs to. He needs to move on. Yeah, there's a rumor. There's rumors that uh, Ronaldo, because he doesn't like Greenwood, was blocking his transfer to the Saudi Super League. But I don't know how true that is. Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, although I would imagine if Mo Salah goes there, he'll, you know, Ronaldo will be uh, crying, wanting more money, won't he? So yeah, because Salah will be the highest paid player ever if he goes there, and Ronaldo then his wage will have to be increased to to be higher than that. Then I, um, I, I would like. imagine. I would imagine that's in there somewhere in his contract. If, if is that mm, absolutely he's gonna want, um, he's gonna want uh, issues so so we have signed another goalkeeper um we've completely overhauled our goalkeeping department in this window yeah yeah um, with De Gea, uh, uh, henderson and kovar leaving the club and obviously unana coming in and the first ever turkish player to play for man united uh, we'll certainly get the hang of his name pronunciation over time. Um, I'll yes. make a stop. I'll make a go at it here. Um, Alte uh, Benin Dyer. I, I, I really, I really don't know. Um, no, I completely butchered that. Um, but yeah, he has five caps for Turkey. He he's played for Fenerbahce 145 times, so he, he he's 25, and so he's an experienced goalkeeper. Ten Hag yeah. says they they scouted him intensively, um. So they obviously believe that he's a, a very suitable number two, and that you know he can come into the team uh, if need be, and he can improve as well because he's still young for a goalkeeper. But um, it's worth pointing out that. Cameroon can still qualify for the African Nations Cup. Um, I think they have to win a qualifier in September yeah. to make that happen. Um, looking at the fixture, it looks like a winnable game for Cameroon. And Onana could come back into the picture after a fallout in the World Cup. That would mean that for a four to six week period in the, in the new year, we, we'll be without a number one goalkeeper. So it was absolutely crucial that we sign a goalkeeper that's capable of playing, you know, as a number one for four weeks. So, um, you know, we wouldn't want to be you know, relying on a, a very young and experienced keeper from the youth team to do that. So, um, he's he's an experienced keeper, and uh, he'd be used to pressure because a Fenerbahce yeah. and Galatasaray, the uh, you know what the crowds are like, the, you know, uh, you know, it's a it's a pressurized environment over there. And people people we talk about Man United and Liverpool and Arsenal, and you know and Premier League pressures, but in Turkey, if you don't win, you get absolutely hammered um, by the fans. So he's he's used to the pressure. Um, so, um, what have you seen of this goalkeeper, and what do you make of him? So I think he's quite an astute signing, uh, if I'm being honest. Um, 
But you must, uh, and, and I would question, um, why did we blow 45 million quid on a goalkeeper? We could have you know, extended De Gea's contract for 12 months and used that 45 million quid better uh, in the transfer window. That's not to say no one is not a great goalkeeper because he clearly is and he fits exactly how Tenag wants to play, uh, you know, coming out from the back, etc. Um so getting the number two, Henderson was never going to stay. It was never a long-term project for Henderson. He wanted out. He made his bed uh, last summer, didn't he, uh, with his criticism of the club. So he was never going to um, make it as a, as a number two. So um, from what I've seen of this kid, um, he's quite he's, he commands his box really, really well. And I like a goalkeeper that commands his box. So he's going to come out and, he, you know, he'll, he'll definitely punch uh, Varane out the way or Martinez out the way to get on the ball. He's got no no issues. It will clatter a centre forward and we need that. He's big. He's strong. He's powerful. He's very, very athletic. Uh, and he'll get game time. And you're going to see Anana not play Carabao Cup matches and you'll see this kid play based on I think Anana's going to break his self-imposed exile for Cameroon. I think he's going to go back and play for Cameroon. And I think you're absolutely right. We're going to rely on this kid. Uh, for six weeks. If I was a Nana, I wouldn't be going anywhere near international football right now. Um, he fell out with the coach, didn't he? You've just joined a new club. You don't want to be six weeks away from Manchester United in January. Uh, I think that's just foolish. Uh, and if his agent or somebody needs to get hold of him and say, listen, mate, you know, I would suggest uh, that Ten Hag already posed this question to him before they signed him and said, look, we need your assurances that you're not going to uh, come out of retirement and go and play. Uh, certainly not this year, no, not next year. We need you to have a solid 12 months with the club. Uh, he may have changed his mind. He seems to be that type of maverick character, uh, an honor, so he could change his mind. But I think we've got a very, very good backup uh, in this Turkish keeper. Uh, I like him because he came smartly dressed. He was in a suit. Uh, he looked exceptionally proud to sign for the club, and I like that. That's what I like. Um, he's done his, his videos, uh, and, and I think he'll be okay for us. I think you'll see him early on. I think we'll see him in, in September, uh, October. I think we'll see him play, yeah. Yeah, I definitely think he'd play in the League Cup games and maybe even... 100%. Early rounds of the FA Cup as well. Maybe not so much Champions League just yet, but early rounds of... Uh, FA Cup for definite. And you mentioned how much he wanted to come to the club. We have to also mention that in terms of Amrabat. He's rejected just about everybody that's come in for him. Yeah. I mean, um, Fiorentina have accepted 30 million euro bids from other Premier League clubs. And he said, no, 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 I want to go to Manchester United. He rejected moves from Turkey, Saudi Arabia. Uh, United was always his priority from, from June onwards and he stuck to that and now he's getting what he deserves. Um, so I'm very impressed by that, how, his desperation to play for the club. Um, Look, uh, Amrabat would have, if he'd stayed at Fiorentina or he'd gone to Forest or he'd gone to Fulham, uh, he would have turned out in a Man United shirt. He, he wouldn't have bothered with the uh, with their shirts. It would have been a Manchester United shirt he was going to wear. He made up his mind as soon as the club had made uh, contact with his representatives. That was it. Yes, I'm going. Don't care about, he doesn't care about salary and care about anything. He's not interested in signing on fee, uh, but he's, he's interested. Rather like the keeper, 
But I like Reguillon, from what I can gather, pulling on that shirt, that red shirt, that famous red shirt. Because Reguillon's come out and said, you don't turn Manchester United down, you don't do it. Um, you know, second time, lucky for him. He, he, uh, made it, he made a mistake. He's finally got his win. We don't know whether we pulled out of that deal for Reguillon before he went to Spurs. We don't, we don't know this. He could have been hard set on United and we just backed away from it. Nobody knows. So he's here. It looks to me like we've got three players that want to be here. Hoyland wants to be here. Anana was going nowhere else as well, by all accounts. It was only going to be Manchester United. Um, and yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, I am impressed with that. You need character. You know, football, it, it's not all, always about the name on the back of the shirt. It's always about getting the right players, making sure you're getting efficiency for your money. And I think we get that with these uh, with these players. But a really astute point about the keeper, by the way. Um, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, I, I've been out there when Manchester United played Galatasaray back in the 90s. Uh, welcome to hell. Uh, you know, I, I was I was there, and uh, let me tell you, it's 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 you don't it's a place you don't want to be. So it's a place you don't want to be. And it's a place we're going back to um, in this autumn. I know, yeah. I know, I know. Um, it's different now, and we're going to be facing Wilfred Zaha, aren't we? I think we're going to be facing uh, Ziek as well. Um, uh, I think they've done some good business, guys. That's all right. They'll be a good team. Very, very offensive team. Very, very difficult tie that will be there. Very difficult tie. We'll need to win our home games in the uh, Champions League for sure. Yeah. Um, obviously, the group is Bayern, Galatasaray and FC Copenhagen. Now, Ooh. we're looking for six points against Copenhagen. Uh, yeah. And then just in case the away leg in, in Turkey turns out to get, in case we get turned over there, as we quite often do when we go to Turkey, I think yeah, we just yeah. need I think to be assured of a place in the knockout stages, we need to be looking at beating Barn at home. I would like to, I'd like to win that game. Um, I think we need ten points. Ten points will get us through, um, and that's either a Galatasaray win, two losses against Bayern, and um, um, sorry, maybe a draw at home against Bayern, two losses, um, Galatasaray away. Because I wouldn't put it past us to lose a Galatasaray away. I really wouldn't. And I think no. it'd be difficult to get a Bayern and beat them away. However. However, it could all change, couldn't it? With Amrabat in there, it, it could all change with Hoyland. If Hoyland's scoring goals at that point, it could all change if Reguillon is really settled into the rhythm. Um, and, it, you know, um, is Varane going to be back, partnering Martinez? Or does Maguire finally come out of his shell and show what he's made of? You know, who knows? I mean, you know, we, we, we discussed on previous shows you know, people are disappointed about Maguire. I don't think he's as bad as everybody makes out. I think De Gea hamstrung him and the lack of a centre, a defensive central midfielder hamstrung him. But at the end of the day, he's not done himself any favours over this transfer window. He's not going to uh, adhere himself to Manchester United fans anymore. So, you know, it's going to be one of those. But, um, you know, the guy's got backbone. People can 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 have a pop at him for all he likes, but he's still willing to pull on a red shirt and get abused. <laughs> you know? That takes that's big character. That's a big big character. You know, he's in the same dressing room with Roy Keane. Roy Keane might actually chastise him as a footballer, but they'd adore him as a character. And you know, character goes a long way in football. Well, currently, with Ferran being injured. Our first choice mm. pairing is Lindelof and Martinez. So mm. that 
that probably means this League Cup game coming up against Palace, you'd expect them on. Maybe he won't. Ten Hag doesn't make that many changes. But if he decides to change the centre-backs in that game, it would be Maguire and Evans, of course, who played together at Leicester. Um, now, Evans being confirmed today also that he's got a one-year yeah. contract. We knew yeah. that was coming. He's He won... Uh, several Premier League titles, the the FIFA Club World Cup, the League yeah, Cup, a couple yeah. of times. So, um, he's got a lot of experience of winning trophies at United. Um, I think in terms of players from or United players from Northern Ireland, the only player that has won more than him is George Best. So he's uh, he done yeah. very well in the medals department. Um, so he brings a lot of experience, and I think Ten Hag has been full of compliments to him in, in every press conference. Um, thinks he'll be helpful to the young players. Um, he's on 198 appearances. You like to think over the course of the season he'll he'll, he'll get over the line in terms of uh, 200 appearances for United. Yeah. Um, so where do you see him in packing order? Do you think he'll be ahead of Maguire, or do you, or do you think that he'll be he'll be fifth or sixth choice? No, I think he slots in behind. Uh, I think he's here uh, to start his coaching career. I think that's what he's here for, a bit like Huddleston. Uh, you know, Huddleston, um, he's... Uh, and Paul McShane's gone down to the 18s now, hasn't he? He's coaching the 18s. Um, so I think... Um, I, don't, I don't think we can have more than one uh, overage player in the under-23s. So I think um, he'll train with the kids. He'll do uh, a couple of days a week coaching with the kids. Uh, and he fits in as and when um, Maguire cannot play, for example. Thought he did okay in um, in America. Didn't play the big games. Played the smaller games. Thought, thought he did okay. I know people are looking at it and say, "Well, we got roasted by Wrexham." Well, who, who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody bothers about that. But you could put that kid in a big game. You could put him at Anfield. You could roll him out at Anfield. You could roll him out at the Etihad. You could roll him out Sunday. You really could. And it's not going to phase him because he's been there. He's seen it and he's done it. For him. He's worked under, you know, Fergie. He's he's worked under the main main man. So for him, it's 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 a nothing. It's another day at the office. It's a bit like Tom Heaton. I know he's injured at the minute, but it's just another day at the office for these types of players. And you need them in the squad. You know, Region. It's another day at the office. Casemiro. It's just another day at the office. Same with Eriksson. With somebody like uh, Young Fernandez. He's got something to prove. Mino, they've got something to prove. This experience that we've got, it's just another day at the office for them. And that's what you need. You need to be able to, you know, when the chips are down in a game of football, you need to be able to look around and say, right, look at the calmness in the eyes of Ericsson, Casemiro, Johnny Evans. You know, Anana won't give you that calmness. Um, you know, Bruno, to an extent, won't actually give you that calmness. There's... Still another, another elevation mm-hmm. of character above Bruno. And these are the guys. And that's what you need with Johnny Evans. So Johnny Evans is a, a very, very, very good signing for us. Again, people won't like it. They think we're cheap, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Got to deal with it. Get on with it. Deal with it. Yeah. Um, his wife will, will be very happy as well, uh, having Johnny yeah. back by her side again. Um, she's yeah. Still- one of the lead presenters on MUTV, of course. Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to play. He played five games at the most throughout the course of the season, I think. Unless there's a massive injury crisis at the back. Yeah, which yeah, can't he's yeah, he's Carabao Cup, isn't he? And he knows this. He'll know this. For him, it's absolutely brilliant. He's probably earning 20 grand a week, whatever, 25 grand a week. 
uh, and he's going to, you know, help do some coaching and uh, just enjoy being back at Manchester United. What a dream for the kid, for the man. <laughs> you know, when you leave United, you don't expect to come back, do you? No, I wouldn't have anticipated this at the start of the look, summer now. Um, look at Paul McShane. He's reveling back yeah. at the club. Absolutely reveling in it. Yeah, Paul McShane and Tom Huddleston are doing uh, wonders with the, the youth teams, but I think Evans is going to be a bit more than that. I think he is going to be part of the, the first team picture. Um, I think he the, will. The, the, yeah. Uh, if there's an injury crisis, he'll be there to fill in, and I think he will play you know, cup games anyway. Um, 100%. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah, if, and, and if he's paid as little as 20 or 25 grand a week, you know, it's worth the investment. You know, it's not it's not big money in, in, in today's Premier League. Is in what is he? How old is he? Thirty? What is he? 30, Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Thirty-six. Something like that. And he's, you know, and you re-signed from Manchester United. That brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Well, I'm well chuffed. I think he's good. Um, if anyone's wondering why I'm sitting in darkness, because the lights broke in this room, so uh, we don't need electrician to fix it. So I'm having to put a the you know the, the the bright light on my phone to try and give me some light here. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, United very very busy deadline day. We're getting uh, lots of deals over the line. Um, yeah. They do say it is a sign of a poorly run club that's uh, scrambling to do business on deadline day and United certainly are that a very poorly run club but we won't get into that in detail no, today no. we've talked out to death really haven't all of us yes um, uh, so Arsenal on Sunday and I've got to be honest um, I'm not expecting a result here certainly not expecting United to win the game now, I know Arsenal have had their, their troubles you know they've com- the fans have been complaining about Thomas Partey playing right back to accommodate uh, Havertz in midfield, and hopefully they stick with that. I hope Arteta sticks with uh, Partey right back up against Rashford, um, but he might not. Uh, he might listen to the fans and, and change it back to the winning formula of last season. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm expecting, a, even though Arsenal haven't played well this season like us, I think they're going to be up for this. The crowd are going to be get behind them. Um, we cannot afford to concede early or think it's curtains. And you know, you know what you know what's like, what it's been like when Ten Hag United team go behind early in a big game away from home. It could end up any score. Um, hopefully United. I would take a draw right here, right now. Um, and I, Arsenal fans have been telling me of their poor at the back, so. It could be a basketball score. Um, it would be brilliant from a neutral point of view if that happens. Not so great for the heart. Um, but right now, if you offered me a draw, I would deal. I would take that. Um, that would be a great result for us. But I have to be honest, and and I think Arsenal would probably win the game. And I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm absolutely wrong about that. Um, a win would be absolute dreamland, but as a, a draw is what I would take. Um, but I do think that you know, Hoyland will give us a major, a major boost if he if he mm. wants to start and play 60 minutes. Even if he comes off the bench uh, with 30 minutes to go and we're still in the game, that would be a massive boost as well. Um, yeah. And Reguilón, maybe Saka might give him a tough uh, a tough time, but from uh, on the other end of the pitch, he might he might be able to provide us with an assist or two. So I'm I'm a wee bit more positive than I was two days ago. But I'm still, I still think, like last season, I think Arsenal will, will probably edge it. What do you think? I, you, you, look, you're absolutely right. Um, we could get absolutely battered 6-0 Sunday. 
or we'll scrape a victory. It's going to be one of those two. Okay. But if I was, you know, if, if, if I'm a Manchester United player, I, I'm absolutely buzzing for this game. I, I'm, I cannot wait. I'm getting down on that train. And I'm thinking, right, Alan, what, what can we do to turn them over in their own backyard? Because that's what it's about. I would be buzzing for this game, really, really looking forward to it, really excited. It's the types of games you want to be in, um, the types of games that uh, used to thrill us in the 90s and the, two th- you know, in the uh, 2000s. We want to get back to that type of football. There's a couple of things uh, that we've got to consider. I think Reguillon starts uh, purely based on Saka's ability. Uh, and unfortunately, I think Partey goes in the middle and I think the sacrificial lamb will be um, Havertz. We want Havertz on the pitch because it opens up the midfield for us. Uh, but I can't see this happening uh, against us. I think... Uh, with with us having um, Casemiro, Eriksen and Bruno together again, uh, plus the chance of uh, Hoyland uh, coming in, Reguillon's ability to play, which Arteta will know all about anyway, and the players of Tottenham will, I think it'll be a very, very uh, nicely matched uh, football uh, game. Um, I'm a re- big fan of Odegaard. I'm a big fan of Saka. I cannot believe Emil Smith-Rowe doesn't even make the starting eleven because he's absolute quality as well. Um, and, uh, of course, they've got Martinelli, haven't they? So they've got danger on the wings. They're really cute uh, in the middle of the park. Our best chance is to get at them through the middle. And Hoyland, I think, offers us that chance. Martial is just a little bit not sharp enough to do that. Um, so there lies our, our issue, really. Anana's got to really be on his A game. Uh, I don't see them, apart from Martinelli, which, I, to, to be fair, I'd be having nightmares if I was Martinelli because you've got to go up against wan Basaka. I'd be having absolute nightmares, uh, you know, about that because you think you're around him and then all of a sudden that leg comes from nowhere and, and, and you're on the deck because he's won the ball. Um, I'd like to see Anana concentrate better. He didn't concentrate for the first goal at all uh, against Forrest. Uh, he was put down twice pretty much on his arse. And, yeah, it was a good finish by the kid. Very, very accomplished finish. Um, so I'd like to see Anana concentrate a little bit more. He, he kind of grew into the game. He can't really afford to do that at Arsenal. If they get an early goal, we we could crumble. We really could crumble. We're going to need absolute aggression. Um, you've got to take a few cards, take a couple of yellow cards, and, and just really, really get on with it. Um yeah, it's going to be tough, but uh, you know, I, I fancy us. I, I do. I, I fancy us. We, if you remember, uh, this time last year, match three. Uh, I think it was uh, match three, wasn't it? Um, we played uh, Liverpool and we beat them, and everybody said we would get hammered. It could well be we need that type of game again. I mean, Liverpool had plenty of chances, didn't they, to beat us? If you remember, just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and it could well be Arsenal could do that. Um, you know, Fulham came against, came back against them, two-two. If we could get three points on them, we can't afford to slip too far behind City because when we do get into some kind of rhythm, I don't think City are playing that well. I really don't. Um, you know, if we can get into that kind of rhythm before they start getting into a rhythm, so we're not too far behind. We, if we have a decent window in January. Because uh, we should have new owners by then. 
uh, we it could you never know where it will take us so we're on seven points don't forget no six points i know we lost against spurs but you're gonna lose in the season it's just life so let's just yeah i think we could win i really do i fancy so i'm going for it two one I uh, certainly hope you're right. Um, back in January at the Emirates, um, we scored first. I know we lost the game uh, later on, but that's what we, what we need to do again. You know, Rashford scored an absolute screamer at the beginning yeah. of that game, got us off to a wonderful start. We need to start well again. Um, and we came close to getting a point there, conceded at the very end. But we also have to remember that McTominay was our defensive midfielder in that game. Right. Casemiro, right. Casemiro got suspended. We should have Casemiro for this game. Um, touch wood. Um, I would be even more confident if Amrabat was available for this one. Um, I would definitely fancy us to get something if Amrabat was there, but he's obviously not been registered on time. So do you think that maybe Ten Hag would consider playing McTominay alongside Casemiro? Although there's absolutely no precedent for that because the only time last season in which McTominay started Premier League games was when Casemiro was unavailable. So he doesn't seem to like that partnership. But... um, Playing Ericsson in a deep role at the Emirates could be a bit risky because I know Ericsson is very uh, technical, brilliant on the ball. Um, he's not like we've seen at the Etihad last season. He doesn't have the energy. He doesn't track runs. So I'm always concerned about him playing deep against the bigger sides. Although he does have the option of playing Ericsson th- further forward and playing Bruno back alongside Casemiro. That has worked in certain games. Um, so how do you think he's going to um, build his midfield for this one? Uh, he'll, he'll run with Casemiro, Eriksson and uh, Bruno, uh, 100%. I, I think the team's likely to be uh, Anana, obviously. Um, I, I think it's likely to be Wambasaka, Lindelof, Martinez and Reguilón. I think Reguilón starts, I really do. He's, he's trained today. I think he starts. Casemiro, Eriksson, Bruno, Anthony and uh, Rashford. And another. <laughs> I mean, you know, do you go with Hoyland? I hope so. Why not? Why not? If you're fit, why not? Uh, if not, he goes in with Martial and he brings Hoyland on, say, for... Uh, although I would do half-time, you know, I would split it. I would do Martial. If you're going to start Martial, you're on for 45 minutes, pal, then you're playing 45 minutes because you've got to get legs into Hoyland. So I would like him to start Hoyland. Um, but I think Reguilón uh, starts. Uh, so my, I think Dallo drops. I think Dallo's uh, drops to the bench. I think uh, Reguilón um, starts. But we still got a decent bench because you know we're going to have Ganacho on there. We're going to have Sancho uh, on that bench. We're going to have Palestri on that bench. We're going to have Dallo on that bench. We're going to have McTominay on that bench. That is a better bench, uh, you know, that we've had for a while. Um, you might even have uh, Donny Van der Beek on the bench if he doesn't go. Uh, tonight, so you know, and 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 you know, Donny on his day, on his day, by the way, not there's oh, we're gonna have Maguire on the bench, aren't we? So we're gonna have the new keeper on the bench, so we've got a much better bench, uh, and and, and I think it could carry us somewhere, I really do. But that that would be my starting uh, 11. Yeah, I, I think you're right, and I hope you're right. Um, yeah, I would like to see Region and Hoyland come into the starting eleven to replace Dallo and Martial. No way can we start Martial in this game. Um, he didn't. He didn't give anything uh, against Forest. Um, I thought he was anonymous. Um, 
I know that that it was his first appearance and uh, since May and he hadn't had any preseason. But mm. you know we've seen Martial produce this type of performance again and again, and he's not going to make it difficult for Arsenal to play it out from the back. You know, we know what he does. He just kind of walks around, doesn't usually challenge anyone, or um, he may pretend that he does. He might come in from the side and stick out a leg or something, but um, he doesn't. He's. You made his. You're defending with ten men when Martial is playing. Yeah, you are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I think Hoyland's going to offer more. He, you know, he's going to offer first game. He's going to offer more. But I, 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 it's difficult to say. You know, I, look, you, you spent seventy five million quid on him. You got to trust him. You got to trust him at some point. So why not chuck him in the deep end? See if he's. You know, see if he floats. Yeah, and he can come off after sixty uh, if he's yeah. feeling the pace. You know, um. So yeah, I would love to see the manager be bold and be brave and, and start Hoyland in this game. What what a fantastic debut it would be if he scored at the Emirates Hoyland. That, that that's that's the start that you want to your Manchester United career. Now, I'm not I, expect- I that's what he's thinking about. I'd imagine that's exactly what he's thinking about tonight. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that gang. Thank you very much. Next. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, it's a pretty big game to make your debut in. Like, it's not as if it's you're playing. It's Wolves at home or Forest at home. This is Arsenal away. It could it couldn't be bigger? I mean, the only thing bigger than this would be making your debut at Anfield. You know, not, I'm sure not many players have done that. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I want to see him get off to a flyer. Um, and if he does, I can really see him getting 20, 20 goals this season for United. No problem. Um, yeah, I, 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 I said uh, I think of it fifteen. Uh, but uh, look, I want him to get 20. No two ways about it. You know, um, if he gets 20, then it'll be interesting. And then uh, maybe next year we go and get one of his brothers, um, because I think one of his brothers plays for Copenhagen, don't they? Or both of them. <laughs> 18 well, years old. Yeah. We will be, he'll be playing against his brother very shortly as well. If, um, yes, yeah, so yeah, he is. He's been playing against him. So, and his brother, uh, again, is is, is half decent uh, by all accounts. And he's only 20, isn't he, Ireland? 21? 20? Yeah, like 20, 20, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, yeah, yeah, they come from a real footballing family uh, in, in Copenhagen. Um, yeah, so, lots of interesting subplots to your Champions League draw. We have so much history with Bayern Munich, Copenhagen yeah. with uh, Hoyland and Ericsson going back there. Um, and then Galatasaray the, from the 90s is that famous tie. Uh, welcome to hell. So, we're Wonder, wonder when we see that banner again. And certainly going to, it's not, people think this is going to be United should definitely finish second in this group, you know, uh, not a problem. I, I, I think it could be tricky enough, you know. I think we will need to get points off Bayern Munich to, to, to ensure. We'll need we get- a, yeah, we'll need the points. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll need the point off Bayern Munich. But look, I, by the time we get there, we could be really playing good football and we could turn Bayern Munich. There's nothing to say we can't beat Bayern Munich. Yeah. You know, you, you, and the last time we were in the Champions League group stage two years ago, um, we, we were struggling through the group. We lost at home. No, we lost away to Young Boys. Right. And then we had to rely on Ronaldo, I think, scored in almost every game in that group. Uh, he got us out of a hole. He got us a draw in Italy against Atalanta. He got the winner against Atalanta uh, at home. The winner against Villarreal at home yeah, very, mm-hmm. very late on. And then um, we went to Villarreal away and we were brilliant i think ronaldo yeah. scored and sancho scored his first goal for you yeah and that was totally unexpected fred was amazing in that game um so you never know if we're playing well um or if we're, we desperately need the win 
Um, if we start off badly in the group and then we've got Baron away in their fourth or fifth game, you never know. We could just and Baron have already qualified. We could just go there and win. You know, you just don't know what you're going to get from United, really. Um, you know, United it'll could. It'll be interesting. Uh, to, you know, just to to see what we do from here on uh, with what he's done um, and how Ten Hag's you know assembling the squad. It'd be very interesting. But if we could go away and we could beat Bayern at um, Lyon Serena. Uh, even with uh, Sahari of Kane, uh, it would be absolutely brilliant for us because it really set a marker down. And we need that. We need to start setting markers now. It's what football's about, you know, go away and win. And we start tomorrow, uh, Sunday, which I'm really looking forward to, really excited. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the game, albeit I'm a bit nervous about it as well. But the downside is that, that that'll be another international break as soon as this game's over. That's um, it. Which is... Which is a bit dire. Um, it might be a wee bit more exciting if you're an England fan, but um, when you support a, a very small nation, it's it doesn't qualify for anything. It's very, very. Um, uh, it's, it, it's still when you're an England fan as well. Trust me. <laughs> it's just uh, yeah, because it's just uh, we don't need it. Yeah, the only thing exciting about international football is the tournaments themselves. Apart from that, it's 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 not great, is it? Nobody really looks forward. All to anybody it. cares about. Yeah, it's all any. Kyle, honestly, mate, it's all anyone cares about. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah, and this is the first of the three international breaks in in the autumn, which is it's crap, absolutely crap. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, September, October, November, don't we? So. Yeah, and now after that, at least there's not another one to the end of March. So, um, there'd be a four month straight of club football. So, yeah, let's go to the Emirates, surprise everybody, and get a result. You know, I'd, I'd absolutely love it not to sound like Kevin Keegan or anything, but I'd love it if we beat them because they're so cocky, Arsenal fans. They actually just expect to beat us now because they're the second best team in the league, you know. Um, yeah. So, hopefully, we can go there and turn them over. So, We'll wrap it up there. If everyone could please smash the like on the video, subscribe to the channel, and get more of your comments in down below. And it's been yeah. an absolute pleasure to have you on the show, Stu. Pleasure. No, thanks. Thanks for asking me. I really enjoyed it. It was a good, uh, good chat. That I was flowing, flowing by. We're doing. Um, I think Mark's hosting a review, so I have a chat with Mark or Keen, and come on and review um, across the way if you're not doing one yourself. Yeah, yeah, I might do that. Uh, absolutely. Um, okay, yeah, because it'll be quite interesting. Uh, but uh, no, thanks very much for having me, and um, thanks for everybody who's tuned in. It's, uh, it's I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Great, thank you. I'll see you again sometime. Take care.